Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And this week in our cup is a nice little Merlot because we're drinking the wines. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said that like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) We are drinking the wines. And then we're eating um, these, I don't even know what they are other than chocolate cookies that our daughter made last night because Mm -hmm. our middle daughter loves to just randomly cook and she's actually pretty good at it. She's, she gets she's that from you. really good so. at baking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and those she, cookies are delicious. Yeah, she did a great job. And they actually go pretty well with this Trader Joe's middle-of-the-shelf Merlot. <laughs> That's the only kind of wine we drink, middle-of-the-shelf, uh, people. Unless somebody it. wants to bring us better oh, wine. Oh, except for when our fancy Evans friends, yes, the Maggie Evans true. crew, always make sure that we are, you know, they're our bougiest friends, and they make yes. sure that we... Even uh, drink well when we're with them. But exactly. what, they're not with us tonight, so it's... Middle of the shelf wine. Middle of the shelf wine. Maybe even bottom shelf. We don't know. Oh. A little bit. Um, but this week we are talking about... Uh, we're that discussing... was a terrible transition. Hey, but that's a... what we're talking about. <laughs> there. There that you go. Good stuff. Wow. So, we're embarrassed for ourselves. Sorry, guys. Still not editing it. Um, but we are talking about transitions. Um, which has come out of a lot of conversations. I think a lot of people right now are feeling a state of transition, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're in the middle of COVID and all of this stuff going on with this, and we've had to transition life expectations and lifestyles around what's going on. Um, Our kids are looking at school for this year. Oh, man. Um, as most kids are in this country and realizing, oh, man. We... I don't think the kids are looking at school, but the parents are low-key freaking yeah. out. And we're realizing, yeah. oh, man, this is going to be a very different year with uh, with a lot of different yeah. look at what we are used to. Our yep. daughter's going into her senior year, which should be this amazing, fun time your yeah. last chance to do all these things and she doesn't realize it but her last chance was robbed from her last yeah. year yeah yeah um, and our other one is our, our middle one is starting her freshman year uh so she's gonna start high school not at a high school which is an awkward transition in and of itself i don't mind keeping her a little closer to home another year she's she's halfway out the door that one's a that one's a grown-up but yeah but we also have friends. I mean, we have some good friends uh, that we uh, used to be, one of the, the, the husband used to be in our youth ministry. He, I've been his youth leader for many years when we worked in the youth ministry. Now he's married and they are going through huge amounts of transition. He yeah. has changed jobs. He has... She um, changed jobs. They got married. They, they were got, going to move out of state. Ended up staying in state and buying a home. Yeah. And so that's a huge, not only are they in the midst, and we went, we went through this too, right? Where at that point in your life, you are going through every change that you possibly can have. When you yeah. get married, now you need to find a permanent place to live. Then yep. after that, you need to find um, 
you, you know, you're looking at different jobs because you're thinking about your future because you're planning for what if we have children and what does yeah. that mean for our life? And then there's all the yeah. transitions around those types of things. So you, even if you've been planning your career, you sometimes have to adjust those plans based on these new dreams that come with marriage and building a new family. So yes, tons of transition. And transition is an is um, I'm I'm a I'm the type of guy that I don't like change. I don't know if really? you know this about me. Oh man, I had no idea that I would stay home and do my own thing for the rest of my life and just be yeah. totally fine. Your ideal vacation is lying to everyone and telling them that we were leaving the state, closing our blinds, and staying home and going nowhere. Wouldn't that be amazing? No. I'll, po I'll post some fake pictures of us being at like Disney World. It'd be great. That sounds terrible because I am the exact opposite. I love change. I love change because for me, change always comes with some fun new challenge. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Enneagram. If you have heard of us because of the bonus years, um, you know, Brooke talks quite a lot about Enneagram. Um, I'm a three, which means I, I've, I want to be valued. But the first time I got tested, I showed up as a seven. And that's a little bit because threes are chameleons. It's also actually because I love an adventure. Not a big scary one. Like I don't, I don't want to go base jumping. I definitely don't want to skydive. I, I get real airsick. So that just would be no good for anybody. But I love change. I, hunt, I will chase after it. Yes. Which is hard for you because you're like, things just got good. And I'm like, once we've hit good, that means we're coasting. Let's mix it up. And you're like, but like, can we have five minutes of having it easy peasy? And I'm like, meh, you can have two because I love you. And then we're switching this up. But, but we're talking about this because I've actually learned the joy of transition. And the good that can come out of transition. Yeah. And what happens when you realize that you're headed towards it. Yeah. And for somebody like me who hates it and knows it's coming and is like, oh, crap. And there's all this uncertainty. Yeah. And get you, all, get, you get a little I get grumpy. A little, little, yeah. Not grumpy. I get concerned about things and it comes <laughs> out in other formats. <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize for the grumpy comment. Yeah. Don't make me angry. I, I don't rescind it, but I do apologize for it. Yes. And you know what? I've actually learned the same thing about transition, but from the opposite side, I have a tendency to um, not only want to switch things up when they've, when they've become steady. I don't like still waters, um, but I also seek transition when I'm uncomfortable. So mm. it's the, I don't like this. I'm out of here. And learning the, the difference between the two, that it is healthy. God has wired me um, to, to have this sort of forward momentum, right? Like what's the next big thing we can do? How can we grow? How can we change forever growth-minded? That's good. That's beneficial. It's beneficial to, to you and to me and to the people we interact with. But the escapist version of like, I don't like it here anymore. Let's just move. That's never been said. <laughs> so when, we were, so when, we, when we were first married, <laughs> um, 
It was bad. We were we were in a really rough situation. We if lived you listen this... to the last episode, it's when we were doing the endless internship where nobody paid attention to us. Right. Yeah. And so we lived in the parsonage of the house next to the church, and we were paying rent, and it was infested with mice. It was terrible. It was not yeah, fun. You took those mice really personally. I do not like mice, and no. I don't want them I running through like my kitchen. I didn't like the youth students showing up at 7 a.m. on Saturday and knocking on our door. Yeah. But that was my lack of love and discipleship heart. I'm glad I've grown past that. I was just going to walk around the house no. buck naked. No, no, <laughs> you can't say that. That will fix the problem. No, stop that. It resolves the problem all by itself. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but, um, so, so we... Um, so it was a season of high discomfort yeah. is the point of that. Almost and as uncomfortable as our listeners are now yeah, based fine. on your last comment. They're not visualizing it's cool. Oh my gosh. Just so Shauna comes, home from, Shana from, comes home from work and <laughs> goes, all right, I've decided, Shana, honey, let's just move to, to Arizona. Arizona. And I was like, what? And don't get me wrong. There's some appeal to that. It was cold winter, rainy part of Minnesota time, right before yep. it was tr- converting into terrible winter. And I just said, what? We can't move to, to Arizona. Well, why not? And so... Yeah, you never did give me a good reason. You're right. I didn't. But we <laughs> didn't move to Arizona. No, we didn't. And uh, we, we... But it brought up a very good understanding for me of like, oh my gosh, when things get crazy or get hard or terrible... Not hard. As long as I feel like there's action I can take, right. I don't mind when, when we, things yeah, are hard. Yeah, when we feel trapped, when Shauna feels trapped, when she's I ready feel to go. trapped, yeah, she's ready to peace out. Yeah, a counselor might say when I don't feel like I have any control left. Yeah, so I'll have to call someone about that. But I will say for somebody like myself who is let's just hunker down through the storm through all things. There's also a bad side of. Of, of that as well. And I, I experienced this with my job of about a couple now years it's, ago. Uh, yeah, it's about two years ago. I went through a big point in transition of I got to a point with my job and realized, oh crap, this is not, I'm not going to be here forever. This yeah, is not I what I want. I don't have a future here. I don't have a future here. Yeah. I'm, I'm biding my time. I'm not moving forward. I'm getting older. My age is moving forward, but my career is not. Nothing yeah. I'm doing is. And I don't and know. And under the current structure, there was nowhere for you to go. Yeah. You, you were, the, the expectations of the leadership there and sort of the goals of the organization meant you, you this was as far as you were ever going to move the ball down the field right. with them. And I got scared and I got, I might have gotten angry. A little bit. We're not going to say if he started playing primarily shooting video games or not, but he might have only shot things. Yes. Yeah. Um, On video games, not in real life. Yeah. But I I got upset and I was frustrated and I didn't really know where to put any of that in. And I just was meandering. Yeah. And I didn't realize at the time, but it took... it. Now looking back, I go, man, it took me transitioning to get to a place where, or me being open for transition. Yeah, that's what it was. To go, who am I? Hmm. And that's, 
and that's, I guess, kind of what I wanted to, to talk about as we talk about this of, for somebody like myself who is resistant to change and is okay staying where they're at indefinitely because it's comfortable, transition is where growth happens. Yeah. Transition is where when you get pulled out of your comfort zone, when you get put into a place of, I don't know what I'm doing here, all of a sudden your eyes get opened. Yeah. Um, and... Do you have a quote? Because it looks like I, you. I do. Um, William Bridges has a, a great way of framing this. Um, he says, we resist transition not because we can't accept the change, but because we can't accept letting go of that piece of ourselves that we have to give up when and because the situation has changed. Mm. I thought that was that was such a great way of seeing it, right? That when you and I have talked about this, you tend to lay the blame on the change. I don't like the change. And what this is pointing out, and I think sort of the way I see it, is that it's the letting go of the current mm. that makes us so resistant to the change. But there's still something good here. Therefore, I don't want to walk away from it. Yeah. Right? Like at your last job, it was, but I have friendships here. But the pay comes every month like it's supposed to here, but you know, whatever it, whatever, but I feel loyalty or very, very loyal to the point where you won't walk away simply out of generalized loyalty. Yeah. Um, and so that hanging on to that piece of yourself that you have to, to give up. Yeah. And I think, I think that, um, you know, we talk about this in terms of just your walk with with God. I think you're you're we we talk a lot about wrestling, yeah, and wrestling with your faith, wrestling with how you you interpret the Bible, wrestling with what you look at as what is the church, yeah. what is relationship, what is what is what is good culture, what is um, what is healthy, yeah. And it's easy for us to hold on to the things that we are comfortable with. Yeah. Even in our faith, yep. our view of who Jesus is, the role that um, the the Bible plays. What does the Bible mean? And yeah. I, you know, we talked about this in one of our early episodes. Is the Bible truth? Yes, the Bible is truth. But does that mean that that Adam and Eve lived in a tiny little garden in the Middle East? And and I don't know. Does it's it sort mean of beside that, the does, point. Does Noah's Ark? Did it need to have every single animal going two by two up a little? up a little um gangway yeah like does that need to happen for that to be truth yeah and for some people yes because they're not comfortable with transitioning transitioning their mindset with yeah. with with alternating and going you know what i need to look at this from a different angle and i need to experience this outside of where i am comfortable yeah. to explore what does this actually mean for me and what does this this mean for for who I am and who I am in Christ and again going back to my story of of transition out of uh my last job i it it took a revelation that oh man i'm not happy with where i'm at to to find out who i really am and what i really wanted to be in terms of a job yeah, and, and you what did, I really you, wanted from it. You went through, and I got to witness firsthand, you really reforming your identity in, in, in 
I'm borrowing from your own words, so please correct me if I get this off, but that in that there was something really beautiful that in that transition, it was sort of a return to the original heart you had when we took that first pastoral job, that while the title is not pastor in any way, and that the organization is not a Christian nonprofit, it's a, a general nonprofit, that for you, that formation of how you see yourself and how you see your gifts being used, now fits your self-image way back then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that it took um, being okay with transitioning yeah. and changing my expectation of myself and and what I wanted out of things to to be open with to have that dialogue. Yeah. And a, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the biblical stories and a lot of the, you know, walk that, you know, living out the gospel or closing the proximity or journey of faith, however you want to say that, is about accepting those places of transition because it isn't as much as we want it to be this magic bullet of I wasn't and now I am or I felt this way and now I don't or I used to be stressed and now all I have is glorious euphoric peace. The reality is, is that it happens in, in, in steps and sometimes in what feels like fits and starts. Yeah. And I mean, we, we see that in the Bible that with King David in first um, Samuel 15 and 16, he, he was anointed, but then there was like this waiting period and the serving period. And then the warrior period, he was called to be a king. You know, he was told, this is what you're going to do next. But it was like 10 years before he got anywhere near what that looked like. It was a long time of being a soldier, um, which is a pretty brutal thing to be in, in any era, but certainly in the up-close swords and shields era. And he had to, he had to have these events and these experiences that, matured him into that role and sometimes I think that's what's happening in transition um you and I talked about this quite a bit when I was trying to transition from being primarily home with our kids I worked I, I've always worked at least a little mm -hmm. um but sort of not not so much career oriented just w what I could do um while home first and most with the kids and we were transitioning from that into the next phase. And I really struggled to, I wanted a concrete answer. I wanted to say, I'm going to be this when I grow up. And that was not something that was afforded me um, for many reasons that I'm not even sure I can unpack um, today because there's pieces of that that remain. But it was an important transition, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, I, I think that what, what we came to and what I've understood is that change or transition for me, while I fight against it because it takes me out of my comfort zone, which is unhealthy and in, in transition or in change, that's where we grow. Yeah. On the same side, um, using it as a way to force 
growth is a bad thing too. Yeah. Because it's, because it, it's, it's a lengthy journey sometimes. For you, yeah. that job transition was a year. For me, the, the transition from home to work, it took like, what, four and a half years or something? Like right. there, was, there was this, and, and it's not that things didn't happen in that time, but that sometimes that window where we want it to be this, oh, I realized this job isn't for me, and then two weeks later you had a new job, the, the growth that happened in you happened in that year from the conversation you came home from a flight where you had had a conversation with your boss and you came home and you said I had this conversation I think I need to be done here like you you had your aha moment but you weren't ready at that aha moment to take the type of job you have now right you you absolutely lacked the confidence and the vision to execute what you do now on a regular basis. You needed that year of transition to wrestle out, well, what comes next then? Yeah. And in the same in the same way, you didn't have you you didn't have a destination for your transition. And no. so you were you were you not were, home. You were forced into change has to happen, change needs to happen. You were happy that that was gonna happen. Yep. But you I didn't have change. a landing spot. Yep. Right. And you didn't have like you were in a plane, you were going to run out of gas. Right. You're taking off. Yep. At some point, I'm going to run out of gas, but yep. I don't know even know where I'm headed or if I'm, there's going to be a, a landing, you know, a landing spot for me when I get there. Yeah. And and that is also scary. And it is. I, th I think that the church's response in many ways to that type of a situation of being in the air with no plan ahead of you. Yeah is oftentimes, I mean, I don't know how many times people said this to you, but like, well, God's got a plan, right? My or, least favorite was, Shauna, you are capable of whatever, whatever <laughs> God calls you to. Just, just go out and do it. But do what? And what am I capable of? That, that is the least and right. apologies to people who said it, because I know what you were saying to me is that you believe in me. And I super appreciate that, that you are so affirming. But those statements, especially when I was genuinely wrestling with how do I apply this mishmash of who I am? I've had lots of different jobs. I've had lots of different experiences. I have... You did well in all of them. Well, I did well in all of them. I feel like I had at that time, I felt like I had somewhat disparate competencies um, now that I'm at this phase of my life, I see how those competencies actually mesh together to become a somewhat unified job-ish. I'm still not that great at it, You're at like having a single job. But, but at least I understand how my competencies work together. When I started this journey, it felt like I had four different versions of me and I had to pick which one of them got to live as a vocation and which three I had to kill. Mm. And um, that is part of it. Sometimes as you transition, you, you do, you have to kill the darlings. It's a term I learned from a client. There's things you love um, that are important to you because you've built them, because it's a skill you've developed, because you fought hard to get that job or because you fought hard to get that certification or whatever it is. Um, but you have to kill the darlings because what's, left is what is actually valuable yeah. yeah and it um 
I think a lot of times the things that we keep on as the darlings, if you will, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's I, I, if I'm using that correctly, but like the things that we hold on as our our I need this, I have to have this, yeah. oftentimes hold us back from what what God has for us. Yeah. Um, and how God wants to grow us in that. Yeah. And again, I come back to um, uh, people um, wrestling with their faith, and we have these we have these things that we just hold on to. Yeah. And they hold us back from growing in proximity to who God is, yeah. and in many ways, because that that happens in the midst of change and in terms of transition yeah. and the transition of mindset and transition of how we view things and how we understand who God is. One of um, the ones that I find most interesting as an example of that um, is that, you know, people who are really um, uh, sort of antagonistic towards Christianity or the Bible. Yeah. Um, not hostile, but, but it's clearly not for them, and they, they maybe find it to be a little silly. They'll reference things in the Old Testament about, you know, killing babies or... Um, you know, really ugly, ugly situations of abuse. And they hold that up as if that should negate the Bible because it is an ugly thing. But they're bound to the idea that to be a Christian means that everything in the Bible is prescriptive. Mm. And, and it just isn't. Please, not everything that the Bible says should you go out and copy. Some of it is prescriptive. The Ten Commandments, totally prescriptive. Please do that. Much of what you read, and especially the verses that I see most often referenced from people who are somewhat antagonistic against the Bible, are ones where that is not prescriptive at all. It's descriptive. And in fact, the, the, its very purpose in the story is to highlight how that is not okay. It is not holding this up as this is something that should be done, but rather this is what happens when humans stop being humane. Mm. This is why. Please keep following the story. This is why we need this. Yeah. But on the other side, a lot of times Christians um, hold on to those things as prescriptive. Absolutely. And so they've kind of kept that cycle oh, continuing yeah. because they, they're not willing to to allow their minds to transition to what what does this actually mean, right? Like they're not thinking, where is God taking me and telling me this story? They're saying, yeah. they're saying, no, 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 this is this is where I'm comfortable. This is what I'm comfortable believing. This is what I'm comfortable understanding. We're just gonna go ahead and stay in the New Testament and like maybe sometimes right. the Psalms. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's that's like, comfortable. I mean Genesis one and two is okay as long as we all agree it's seven twenty four hour periods. Right. <laughs> and like, if you don't agree with that, right. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I actually think that, that, that is a, that is a problem. You need to, this transition, as you have said, transition is where growth happens. And I think we see this in, in the biblical story really beautifully in, we talked about King David in his son, Solomon, David dies and Solomon is now anointed king and he he doesn't know how to rule maybe david 
wasn't that great at mentoring or maybe just, you know, whatever it was, Solomon doesn't know how to rule, but he was wise enough to know that he didn't know how to rule. And so instead of him becoming, you know, this sort of dictatorish, insecure, so therefore nobody can question me ever, um, or as I said in the last episode, dippy tripping his way through it. Um, Glad we brought that back. That was great. I love it. I'm going to try to work that in as, as often as I can. Well, I'm going to name an episode Dippy Trip, so you can't stop me. <laughs> What does it mean to Dippy Trip your way through life? Um, oh, goodness. Done. Can we get back to the Bible? Oh, sure. Okay, I'm sorry I derailed that. Apologies. Oh. In any case, in Second Chronicles 1, you see Solomon inheriting this kingdom and being in this period of transition. And what he did there was to go to God and just ask him for wisdom. Here I stand. I, I don't know if I should have this role. Absalom certainly didn't think he should, right? They, they, that I, I don't know if I should have this role. I don't even really know what I'm doing. But God, I need you to give me wisdom. I'm going to lean into who you are and who you say I am mm. because you have made me king. And you have promised my father, David, that I'm going to be the one that builds the temple. And so, so I heard this great quote from our friend, Mitch. Uh, he and I were chatting actually about transitions because that's part of life. And all of us move through them from time to time. And he said, one of the things he holds on to is, is the idea that don't be insecure about who I am in you, I being God, and who you are in me. And I actually stopped him and said, okay, I'm going to stop you. Can you just say that again? Because I'm going to write it down. Because we're going to talk about transition, and I really need to say that. So I'm going to say it again. Wisdom from Mitch. Don't be insecure about who I am in you and who you are in me. And that's exactly what happened with Solomon. Is that, and actually his father David too, right? He's anointed. He had that period of waiting that he was secure in who God was in him, and he was secure about who he was as a leader in God's hands. Yeah. And that was actually what I saw play out in you in Absolutely. that year. I mean, yeah. that captures it Absolutely. perfectly. Like, I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who God was in me, and I didn't know what and he had made me it. for. And I didn't trust it. I mean, I, we one of my biggest moving moments in that one year span of that realization was that I didn't trust God, that I didn't actually, I said I did, uh, but I didn't trust in that what he was going to do for me was going to be good and that I was going to think it was good. Yeah. I, I trust it was going to be good in the quote, air quotes, yeah, good. Yeah, they can't see that. No, I know. That's why I'm saying it. Good. And the air quotes, good. good. Um, but it... But I didn't believe that I would like what that good was. Yeah. There's a little bit of that you were picking up that like thunderbolty thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and um I think that's a big I think that's a big piece of it as people go I think that there's a there's a goodness in uh going into into transitions in our life and leaning into that insecurity and yeah. going, I don't know, but what I do know is this or this, you know, yeah. like what I do know, what I do hold on to, 
right? Like when we talk about wrestling with your faith and feeling insecure about your faith or, or and, and, and molding and, and going through a transition and changing how you view and look at God and how you yeah. see your relationship with God, it doesn't mean you throw everything out. It means you know you 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 know what you're secure in, yep. and you know how he's secure in you. Yeah. And if you can go into in into those wrestling things, it makes going into big transitional points in your life a lot easier too, because you you know that not only does he have you, but you know who you are in him, and your yeah. identity will define where you go, where you land the plane, so yeah. to speak. You don't just jump in the plane because you're out of here. You go into it knowing that where we're going, we're going together. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah, exactly. For me, that, that transition was your aha was that you don't trust God for a good outcome. My aha was that my big mouth had purpose. Mm, I spent a lot of my life hearing that I needed to tone it down or like, because you're a woman, and that's what women should be doing, toning down. <laughs> toning, being quiet. I'm kidding, by the way. Being I don't meek and quiet. Yes. Right? And, I mean, some of that's true. Some of it is, I just have a lot of words. My mom said to me, I don't know, several months ago, I think, maybe a little longer than that, I just, I must be close to a year, I just finished speaking at some women's tea. Some, you know, like women's yeah. conference with a couple hundred people, right? It was not, it was not a massive event, but it was a, a great event. And they asked me to speak. And my mom bought tickets so she could see her kiddo, you know, as good moms do. And we left that and she said to me, oh, Shauna, that was so great. I just loved seeing that. And I'm so glad you found a place for all your words. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? It's a very Joan thing to say. It's a very Joan thing to say. But but the heart behind it is amazing. It's not that she didn't value my words. It was that they didn't they didn't really have a home. And when I realized that my core gifting was teaching, then everything else made sense. Yeah. It it really doesn't matter what my vocation is. I will be successful when I teach. And looking back, Everything that I've done, whether it was supposed to be teaching or not, eventually ended up being some sort of yeah. teaching. And um, I, my plane, I think, is still in flight. We're, we're not maybe quite to the absolute end point for me of that transition, um, but I have a pretty good idea of how much gas I have left and where we're going to land the plane. Yeah. And, but, and more importantly, in the midst of that, you in the midst of that transition, you realized, going back to what Mitch said, yeah. who, you, who God was in you yep. and who you were in him. Yep. Right? And where that faith was and, and, where the, and you, it's, it's grown oh, you. And he made that, me this way. Right. Which means that these things that I've been fighting. That, right? Like you yeah. became secure in like, oh, yeah. no, no, this is who I am. I was fighting them. Like yeah. I felt like those were problems to be solved. And for me, when that flipped... Oh, those are not problems to be solved. Those are gifts to be leveraged. Man, did that make a difference. Right. But that was a long transition for me. That was a, God knew where he was taking me. And I can look at the people that were in our life. Um, my friend Beth being one of the primary ones who very slowly and very patiently over many years 
found ways to sort of use a gift she had already pegged in me to just like let me test it and then would question me about it. Yeah. Hey, do you, do you think that like, what is it that you like about doing that thing so much? And pushed me in the direction of realizing that it was a gift because she did not see it as a problem or annoyance. She saw it for what it was. And, but it took years for me to get to the point where I stopped seeing it as a problem to be solved and started seeing it, seeing my, my volume of words and the way that I think and the, the way that I communicate as, no, this is actually, this is a gift to be leveraged and it needs to be honed and it needs to be practiced and it needs to be submitted to mentorship and change and development, but it's not a problem. Yeah. And that I think is the other piece maybe of transition where, um, separating out this is broken thinking and this is a gift that got attached to a wrong idea. Hmm. And that's true for your journey. Yeah. That you are using all the gifts you needed when we were pastoring sort of formally in your current job and in the ways that we get to lead in the community. All of them. Um, but you had to separate it from the broken thinking that it had to come with a particular title and a particular pay stub. Yeah. And it, it yeah, I and mean, we talked about that last week in terms of our my journey through ministry or our journey th- through ministry. And um, it, what, it took me 15 years, 16 <laughs> years to figure all yeah. of that. I mean, even now I, 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 I find myself going back to those things every yeah. once in a while where like, but I didn't, or, mm-hmm. but I'm not, mm-hmm. or why couldn't I have? And that's that insecurity creeping in of, of, of not, not disconnecting things that need to be disconnected. Yeah. And not holding on to things that need to be held on to. Yeah. And the way that you find out the things that you need to disconnect and the things you need to hold on to is by having really, really, really good people around you yep. that will be like, you need to you need to unpack that. And spending <laughs> so. time reading the Bible yeah. as it's intended to be read and praying about it. Yeah. And and but praying about it honestly, the way that you see the Psalms laying things out, the way you see Ecclesiastes, one big long story of transition, right? Like it take it, but take it real and raw, not oh God, make this turn out, or oh please, let this job, person, marriage, child, house be the magic the magic thing that solves everything, but but truly laying it out to him. How do you see me? Yeah. What do you see me doing? How how do I how do I use what you've made me to be? Let me see myself as image-bearing, as good and full of good gifts. And let me see those gifts rightly so that I use them for the benefit of my community and, and my family and not how do I leverage myself for glory. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, maybe you're going through transition. Maybe you are uh, dealing with change in your life. I think a lot of people are right now and yeah. a lot of people are... Um, Maybe being told again, you know, well, don't worry, God's got you. Yeah. We aren't saying that. We're saying lean into, lean into the change and, yeah. f- and find out where your insecurities are and 
find out who he is in you and who you are in him. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Um, see, this is why we have good friends. This right. Way we have good friends that can give us great quotes like that. So. Exactly. They bring the smarts and we use the words and everybody wins. Exactly. Uh, but you can uh, you can use your words too. Um, join us on social media. Um, Instagram is usually where we have a lot of conversation. Uh, post uh, messages, send us comments. Uh, it's at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, you can find us at breadandcuppodcast.com if you like to do things the old school way. That's right. Yeah. Um, until next time. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.